Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharf Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. I never had, I never had no management. Management. <laughs> that's the thing, man. Uh, anybody who doesn't know, that's Mick from Rocky. Mick from Rocky. Never had no management. Rocky I am so, I am so excited today. I don't know if you are, you could possibly be as excited as I am. I, I definitely am. This is Ralph Jacketing that we're going to talk to today. Manager extraordinaire. Yeah, really. If, you, if anybody enjoys songwriting of any kind. Ooh, his artists are amazing. He's, I mean, Livingston Taylor, Ellis Paul, yeah. Martin Sexton, Chris Trapper from the Perth Stars. Absolutely. You know, on and on and on. He's got some new, phenomenal new artists, too. He's teaching at Berkeley now. He's been um, so we, teaching at Berkeley for the last five years. Yeah, so and and teaching music business. Yep. Um, so anybody who's interested in in what a manager who now teaches music business at Berkeley School of Music in Boston, right, right, exactly, is uh, is thinking that this uh, this uh, this segment is is going to blow your mind. Gonna blow your mind. Gonna blow your mind. Well, you don't see is I just did a thing. Just with my did hands. the thing where the Boom. right Adam's head exploded. I, mean, not, I don't know how he's still doing it. Not, I'm not sure how he's still operating the board. But right, not. I mean, it, not really. Quite my, literally. My quite, quite literally. My head didn't <laughs> quite literally explode. So uh, strap in, uh, get yourself a, a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and uh, and uh, get ready for our our discussion with manager extraordinaire Ralph, Ralph Jackadine. So thanks for being on the show with us. Great. So glad to be here. You bet. Well, so we're. We have just a myriad of questions for you, but I think that the easiest place to start uh, for anybody who doesn't know um, is to what what would you call your title? Well, how would you uh, describe your career? What do you do? You know, um, this is my twenty fifth year of managing musicians. Wow! <laughs> so the first thing I say is I, I manage artists. Yeah, and then um, about five years ago, I was hired by Berkeley College of Music to uh, be in the music business and management department. Yeah, and then this year, starting last week, I guess they brought me on as a full time professor. So fantastic! Congratulations. Uh, three three days a week, I um, I teach about a hundred seventy students. Wow! And then. Um, Seven days a week, I manage musicians. <laughs> 365 days right. a year for the last 25 years. <laughs> yeah, because that job knows no breaks, right? There is no... It does. It, it does no breaks. Yeah. In, 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 um, because you go crazy. Yeah. You know, and uh, I no longer have to be a hero of working X amount of hours or bragging about this and bragging about <laughs> right, that. Right, right. And, and with our jobs, if, like, tomorrow I'm going to Northampton because... I have a duo of a guy named Shunning and Magic yeah. Dick, who was one of the founders of the Jay Giles Band. Right, who's the, the harmonica player. Right. Yeah. And they're doing a show at uh, the Iron Horse in Northampton. So Fantastic. I will drive an hour and a half out there. I'll be there for sound check. I'll talk to the guys. I'll meet with them. I'll have a meal. I'll go to the show. And then I'll drive an hour and a half back. So I'll get home probably 12 to 1 in the morning. And that's a Saturday, and that's my day off. Wow, right. So, yes, it's fun. Yes, I'm I'm working with people I love, but it's also work. So yeah, I I uh, um I force myself to put up boundaries. I'm a father of two kids, and when my kids were young, I I had I had real boundaries. 
I, I, I say no to a lot of things. So would you? That's a great. That's a. I, I love hearing that um, because the balance between between family and work in this industry or any entertainment industry, well, any entertainment, any industry where you're you want to be at the top of your game, that's a really hard line to draw. Yeah, you know, and it has to do. Um, so you know, I I couldn't for the first dozen years or so, I I, I was flat out and I I worked yeah. a lot. And, uh, you know, my tail was wagging back and forth because I loved everything about everything I did. <laughs> right. right. Um, what a great and, then, and then when my, my kids came along, I, I realized that I, have to, I had to make money. I had to treat this as a business, but I got to take care of my, my, my kids. Okay, so and to do that, I had to say no. To do that, I had to clear my head. To do yeah. that, I had to turn off my phone. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, g- interesting question about that. Uh, how were your artists about that? How were their expectations uh, about you being healthy and, and, and happy and, and being a human? You know, um, they get it. They get it. And it's, it's very funny because I, I'm not going to name names here, <laughs> but, um, and I've, I've managed, I don't know, 15 artists in my life, so wow. mm-hmm. people probably can't guess. But nonetheless, I remember I've gotten two calls in the middle of the night. One is from an artist that was playing with Richie Havens. Mm-hmm. And after the show, Richie pulls them aside and um, they're in a green room until probably 2, 2.30 in the morning. And Richie was talking about Woodstock and he was talking about how he does his thumb and how he writes songs. And this art, and he might have been smoking a little pot. And, <laughs> wow. um, and then when my artist got out, he, um, it was too late to get a hotel. So he drove to New Jersey to a uh, uh, you know rest area on the on the Garden State Parkway oh, and he found a safe area to fall asleep which he does a lot yep. and but he wanted to call me because he just spent 3 hours with Richie <laughs> Haven and he had a great story to tell so it was, it was really great and then <clears throat> and then I was I had uh, years and years of managing uh, singer-songwriters and folk musicians sure mm-hmm. And that's kind of easy. And then I was managing a uh, uh, a big band called Bang Camaro. Sure. A, a five-piece band with was, 20 lead singers. I'm glad you brought and, that up. I was going to ask you about them. And boy, uh, they, they rock and they rock hard. Oof, yeah. And um, they were in um, my hometown in Pennsylvania. And Allentown, right? Doing, yeah. And somebody's doing a U-turn where they shouldn't have been doing a U-turn. <laughs> and it might have been outside a strip club at closing time. And, <laughs> Just maybe. Um, it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I got a call, and I remember I got a call at about two thirty in the morning or two fifteen. And um, at that time, my kids were little, and in the middle of the night, invariably they would <sighs> they, they would end up in my bed because they course. had bad dreams or scared. Of so course, yeah, I had yeah. two little kids next to me. The phone's ringing like crazy, and I see it's from these guys, and um, and I say, you know, I say to everybody, if if. You call me and I don't answer, just leave a message. If you call me twice, then I know it's an emergency. Right. So, um, so they called twice. Up. I, I, they called <laughs> twice, but I listened to the message. And the message, I couldn't do anything about it at the time. Right, you know? right. I couldn't get people um, out, of, out of trouble or give them guidance because <laughs> I was taking care of two kids. Sure. But, um, you know, in general, the, the artists that I work with know um, no boundaries and um, know that I'm a father and right. I go to sleep at night and things yeah. like that. Well, but so uh, thank you so much for giving us all that background, uh, and it, it makes me want to ask you ask you this: uh, the fact that you're going to this 
to this show on Saturday and you know, you've been managing artists for 25 years and, and the gig is already set up and they're already doing it. And these are two, you know, artists who have played on huge stages, you know, both of them. And, and it's not like you need, you need to be there, but the fact that you're, that you're taking your Saturday night to go and spend the evening with them our experience as, you know, we used to be artists too. Our experience is that that's sort of a rare thing for a manager to do. It, you know, the fa- FaceTime's important. Yeah. And, um, you know, Magic Dick, he's he's very nocturnal. So he'll, <laughs> uh, he works all night long. Yeah, wow. And he works, 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 and plays music and figures out things. So at 4, 5, 6 in the morning when he goes to bed, he'll sleep most of the day. Right. So while I'm at the office... He and if sleeping. I call him, he's he. I can't. I can't right. get FaceTime or or phone time with him. Gotcha. Yeah. So I do get a chance to see him at shows. Yeah. Okay. And then Shun is uh, also nocturnal, and um, <laughs> and he moved down to New York. So okay. um, he's living in the city now. So um, this is a chance for me to see my artists, and and um, you know the phones and the internet's good. But it's not as good as seeing people. It's not like FaceTime. Amen. Yeah. And and I guess that that that's sort of that's what I'm saying is that that I, I my impression is that that's one of the reasons that it, that's one of the things that makes you so successful at what you do. Well, I I, I love the people I work with. You know? <laughs> that's perfect. That's, that's and um and I I I, I, I need to do that and yeah. um you know but the, these are relationships that um n- none of them are meant to last forever. Um, okay. And sometimes you have a run of two years or three years or five years or, or whatever it is. That's, but that's great. While I'm in there, I'm really in there. And it's called personal management. So I want my relationship to be a personal thing. That's fantastic. Right. Wow. You know, that's, that's, a, that's really great to hear you say that, that uh, about that it's, that's a lot of these relationships are not lifelong relationships. So, so your relationship with, with, with Ellis Paul, for instance, is the outlier. That's, that really isn't always the way it works. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I went to a, uh, there was a SEALs manager was talking South by Southwest, mm-hmm. and the manager says, if, you, if you're in the music business, know they're going to be fired. <laughs> and you're going to be fired by your artist, or you're going to fire your artist, or something like that. That's, that's the business. Right. And when I heard that, I go, no way. Like, right. this, is, this is, you don't want to do that. Yeah, right. But um, relationships change. Yeah, and um, so with with Ellis, we've had twenty five years of of a, a great partnership, but I don't. I, I'm full time at Berkeley now, right? And and he has twenty five years of knowing how to do the business. Right. So he's he's we've changed our relationship. So I'm doing some things for him, but not all things. Okay, and gotcha. we changed our financial agreement. But you know, we're still brothers, and we're yeah. still friends, and we still love each other. So. Yeah. Now these are, that's a lifelong relationship. Well, it sounds like it sounds that's I mean that kind of relationship is almost like a marriage where you go through more yeah. than one marriage in a long successful marriage. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's that's fantastic. So I I, I uh, just knowing a little bit about your background, I, I you know as I said, I I was aware that you're from Allentown and that you, you went to, you went to Notre Dame and started sort of as a as a promoter as a show promoter. Right. And but the, I, what I didn't know uh, until I sort of read this recently was that you had originally been that you were interested in playing music yourself, that that was something that you did. Oh, yeah. I, I you know, I, I wanted to be the next Livingston Taylor. 
That's, yeah. that's phenomenal. And John Gorka yes. and Ellis Paul. And yeah. Martha right. Sexton. Like, these guys are so great. And, uh, you know, um, but that was not my calling. Yeah. Right. And, How early uh, on did you know that? Well, you know, I I was playing open mics and in high school I was playing gigs, yeah. little gigs and church gigs and things, yep. and uh, writing songs and you know all that stuff. And then um, I saw Ellis Paul play a show, and I started to work with him. And I remember the first couple of times we had meetings, we take out our guitars and play guitar. Mm-hmm. And then a year into that, uh, where I think the first year, um, the first year I worked for free. Wow. Because I had a job in, in commercial real estate at the time, mm-hmm. so and in the second year I made um, uh, one thousand two hundred dollars twelve <laughs> months of work. So if you do the math, that's about a hundred bucks a month. It's not Literally, hundreds, dollars. hundreds of dollars Ellis, a month. Exactly. So Ellis goes to me. You know, you you can't do this. You can't survive. Yeah. Because I just got married. And I was having a kid. Right. And I made uh, so I made six hundred dollars the first year, six hundred dollars the second year. If you kind of added up. And um, he says, you can't do that. So I started working with a, uh, an artist named Martin Sexton. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Marty, yeah. we put out his first record, and he was, he's, he's a brilliant artist. And Amazing. He's exploding and making money. But when Ella said that, you need to take on another artist, I, I, it, it, what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what, why do I need another wife? You know, why do I need right. another girl? <laughs> it's like, why do I need another? You, right. I, this is a great partnership. Right, right. Yeah. And in, in my artist said, you've got to think about the money, you know? Yeah. Wow. So I started to work with Marty, and then, um, and then I put down my guitar, and I locked it up. Gotcha. Oh, and okay. I go, I love managing. I love promoting. I love marketing. I love doing what I'm doing. And if I did nothing but concentrate on my music, I could never get half as good as these guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they 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 have the talent but they've worked and they worked from an early age at at working at this talent. And I didn't have that. I didn't yeah. work as hard as them. I didn't have the resources. Right. And, and and ultimately I didn't have the desire. I, you know, I I love the music but I I love when I found management, yeah. I found, oh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love doing this. <laughs> well, it's your, you found your superpower. Right. I would... Well, I, I, I'm trying to get my superpower. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I found it. Well, I would, say, know, that, I, I, you know, I would say that now that you're, you know, that Berkeley is, is uh, having you on as a full-time instructor, yeah. as a full-time professor teaching this stuff, I think you found it. I think you got I, your superpower. I, I've, I've never been happier. <laughs> that's so great. And, and you know... Um, the first last week was the first week of classes, and um, I, I, t- I tell the story of um, when I started out. I was I was in commercial real estate and playing my guitar, and I started a coffee house in my church and things like that. And um, and then I saw Ellis Paul play a show, and he completely blew me away. Yeah. And um, and then about a week later, um, I hired him. I started a coffee house on my church for Ellis Paul. And, um, <laughs> Good so call. I, pr- I promoted uh, an Ellis Paul show, and I oh really, I was like, this guy's great. I love, I love his music, and he's a sweet guy, and we started to become friends. And then I had a dream about starting a record label, and yeah. it was the first time in my life I woke up at like 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, and I go, oh, my God, that was a good dream. And I turned <laughs> on the light, and I got a piece of paper and pencil, wow. and I wrote down the dream. You know, like they say, but I've never yeah. done this in my life. No, but right. I wrote down this dream about starting a record label. And Black then Wolf? I, 
uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I turned off the light and I went back to sleep. In that day, in, uh, in the work day, I was showing Mike Dries, one of the owners of Newbury Comics, mm-hmm. I was showing him some locations uh, for Newbury Comics yeah. record store. And I, I said to him, Mike, you know, I had a dream about starting a record label. And last night, and I wrote it down, and I want to do it with this guy named Ellis Paul. I think he's great. And Mike said, let me play, let you play the music for me. And I had a Ellis Paul cassette, and I put it in the car, mm-hmm. and I played about a minute or two of a song, and Mike says, yeah, yeah, I get it. He's, he's real good. I'll start the label with you. Wow, wow. And Mike had a label called Modern Methods Records. Okay. And Mike has record stores. Yeah, right, and right, he's a exactly. Brilliant financial guy, and he knows everybody in the business. Right. Mm-hmm. And he had some financial means in order to be a, a, a partner. So just like that, I started uh, a label with Mike, and then, um, and then I closed down my commercial real estate company where I was buying properties, <laughs> developing properties, brokering properties, yeah. and uh, got married and had a kid. So this is this is all in the same year, wow. and um, and then I remember I get a call from Ellis and he was out in California, Los Angeles, and he won a competition called the Acoustic Underground Competition. Right, I remember that. And um, and he won it, and he got five hundred dollars, and he called me, and he was very excited. And uh, it's a national competition, and he said, yeah. "I'll get the five hundred dollars and put it with Black Wolf Records." to help the, you know, uh, promote his record. And I was so excited. So I came into Newbury Comics for like a, a Black Wolf Records meeting with Mike right. Dries. And I was so excited. My tail was going back and forth. And I said, Mike, here's the news. And Mike says, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I go, Mike, this is, this is a national competition. This and we got huge. $500. This is huge. Yeah. And he goes, Ralph, who cares? And I, I go, I looked at him. I go, like, what? I go, what's going on, Mike? And he goes, Ralph, and he kind of looks up, and he goes, Ralph, no one cares about Alice Paul. Right. And I got, hit, I got my gut hurt. Yeah. It's like I got punched in the gut. Right. And it's all I thought about is I'm married, I have a kid on the way, I'm no longer wearing suits and making money, <laughs> and, and I have a partner who tells me no one cares, no one about, cares Alice about Alice Paul. Alice Paul. Right. And... Um, I, I, I felt nauseous. I felt nauseous. And the meeting uh, went terribly, and it went very quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, I left the meeting. I got into my car, and I was going back home. And um, I was in a parking garage, and I backed into a pole. Oh, God. I was out of my mind. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I hit the pole, and then I went back into my parking space. And I just turned off the engine, and all of a sudden, I, I thought I had to deal with this feeling in my stomach. This yeah. just—I yeah, had to deal with everything now. Yeah. And um, and it it dawned on me. I know what my job is. I know what my job of a manager is, and that's to make people care make about Alice Paul. I'm going to make people care about Alice Paul. That's oh. my job of as a manager. And then ever since then. I connect with what that mission is what? with my artists. Wow. Okay. I love, I cannot tell you how much we love hearing that because all the artists we've worked with over the last 15 years, the first question we always ask them is, cool, so why do, why I, do care? I care? Besides yeah. your mom and the other people in your band, mm. who, who cares? And then start there and help, help them people figure out, figure out why, what's wh- unique about them, why they matter. And I, I mean, Ellis Paul, you know, I'm, I'm wow. such a 
fan. I'm a wicked fanboy about that, but like, how do you not care? But back then, when nobody knew who he was, it's amazing. So, well, and I love that the, the lesson that you took from that was that, and that may be even what Mike was saying to you is, how are you going to get people to care? Ultimately, yes. That that and that's that's Mike's thing. Right. You know, Mike. Um, you know, he has he has whiteboards in his Newbury Comics conference room. And the number one thing is nobody cares. Wow. So how do you make them care? Right. And that's sort of care. been, and, and so you've taken that with you in your management style. Yeah. That with, whole with time. And, and, and I, I, I sit, you know, so this semester, I think I'm teaching about 160, 170 students. Mm-hmm. They're paying a lot of money to go to Berkeley. Yeah. Right, They're right. getting unbelievable education. Absolutely. And, I say to them, I look in their eyes, and I say, understand that the world does not need any more songs. <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, and, then I, and then I pause, and I have their attention. Right. And I said, if you want to go into publishing, or the label business, or if you want to be a manager, you, there's too many of those. The yeah. world doesn't need anybody else in this business. Right. And then I pause. And then I say, so your job as an artist or in a manager is to make someone care about you. Somebody care about your songs. Somebody care about your craft. Yeah. And that's what we're going to figure out. That's what we're at <sighs> Berkeley have to figure out, how to make someone care about you. That's so great. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And then you've got to connect that with why you're doing this. Right. And why you're doing this. And why you're doing it is your mission statement. Your mission statement is has to have something to do with service. You know, Livingston yeah. Taylor, who I'm managing now. Love Livingston Taylor. It's, it's all about service. Right. You know, he said music is just a ticket into the game, and the game is to serve. Wow. Oh, I love so, that. So if you're in the business to make money or to get laid right. or to get <laughs> a big house, that these are all good things, but right. it's not going to sustain a career. Right. And it's not going to connect. You know, there's, there's, there's karma out there. There's energy out there. There's juju out in the universe <laughs> that somehow you got to connect with. Right. Yeah. And I think people that connect with something because of their service, they want to, they want to serve people. They want to serve our world, our environment, our community. Then I think you, um, you pick up some magical powers. I love that. And I, let me ask you this. I, this is one of the things, again, that Adam and I talk about all the time with the artists that we work with. And that's, it's the reminder as an artist that when you are creating, when that, the creating part can be for you, but that when you're on stage, it isn't about you. It's about right. them. Right. It's right. about serving those, that audience, about bringing those emotions to them. Whether it's a you know it's an uplifting song or it's a, a song that that delves deeper into you know into an emotion that that you know that's that's a darker part of us that that when you're doing that that that's for them. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and that's, I love that I love you do that with service. I love that you're doing that with the young students because it makes them look inward and think, all right, so what is unique about me? What do I have to offer that not everybody else yeah, has to offer? In, yeah, when I got into the music business full time, I was in my early thirties. And when I was in my 20s, I liked beer, I liked to rock, and I liked girls. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. 
Not in that order. Right, right, and, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Depending on the time. Yeah. <laughs> My parents are rolling their eyes somewhere. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't know that. But I want my students to to connect with why are we doing this? Why yeah. are we doing? This? Yeah. No. I, I. I. So I absolutely love that. I. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, ask the question that I think that a lot of the people who are going to listen to this are, are going to want to know, and that's what. You know, if you're a young artist and you're looking to attract, uh, you know, a, a Ralph Jacadine, how do you do that? Yeah, like what are what when you're looking for artists, what are what are things you look for in artists that cue you into this as somebody special? Well, uh, I think it has to start with great songs, and I think it has to talk uh, start with energy around the artist. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what's their personality? Is there a buzz about them? Mm-hmm. What, what's their look? What's their stage presence? All that stuff. All the, like, the it, in parentheses, it stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yes. But it has to be a song that slays me. Okay. Or the ability to write songs that really, really move me in some way. Yeah. And then, um, you know, understand that the job of a manager is to kind of partner with an artist to create a a brand mm-hmm. that's supposed to go around the world without any money. <laughs> You're, I'm, I'm trying to create a household name, a, a worldwide brand, without any money. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. And it and it happens. Yeah, right. But yeah. it's really hard. Yeah. So if I'm sitting in my office and my artist is sitting in there on on the stage. And you're having a tough day. Um, there's a lot of tough days in the business. Yeah. Right. But if you have this mission statement of why you're doing things, then you got to keep on coming back to that. Oh, I know why I'm here. I know why I'm going through tough times. Yeah. Because it's the only way to serve is to understand that there's tough times and how to get through tough times. Right. Right. And, and in my case, um, you know, I. When I was a musician, um, my music was certainly not good enough to attract an audience. So um, I, I could I could have stayed in it, but I think that's like banging your head against the wall. Yeah, yeah. But I did find that I'm good at other things. You know, I'm not yeah. on this planet to write the songs. Right, right. But maybe to work with the people that write the songs and make sure more people hear those songs. Yeah, and that's how that's in a in a way that's how I serve. Yeah, that's that's just fantastic. So, and and was that a gradual knowledge that came to you, or do yeah. you remember an aha moment? Uh, there's been a lot of aha moments, but um, that that you know, it it comes uh, listening to people and and going through tough times and why why do you do it and things like that. Yeah, yeah, well, I love that. So I I guess. Um, the other question that I would that I'm just have am always curious about with somebody who manages artists who are uh, who I love as much as I love your artists. Um, who who do you feel like was your was your biggest get? And I know that's a loaded question because obviously starting off with Alice Paul is a pretty huge. I mean that's you know well and then going to Marty. Yeah, you know that that was that was a good one-two punch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they 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 are still great artists. Absolutely. I just saw yeah. Marty the other day, and he 
You know, he just completely blows me away. You Did know? you see him with the trio? No, I just saw him with uh, his guitar. Okay. And, you know, that voice. That's and, God, and right. The, 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 the sounds in his head. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, that, that was amazing. But, you know, in, in, um, you know I, have, I have a poster here in my office, and let me get it. So it says, so July 10th, 1975, I promoted a concert in Allentown, in the Allentown Fairgrounds with Dave Mason, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and Livingston Taylor. And Livingston Taylor was uh, the first artist there. Oh and um, and I was I was a big fan. Like his his first couple of albums Me were just out, and um, he was tall and skinny and blonde and <laughs> um, and yeah. and James uh, James was doing big arenas, yeah. but Livingston was more somebody I resonated with more. Yeah. You know, he was like James was kind of the world, but Livingston was mine. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, I can't agree and, with you more. That's how I felt too. And he treated me really well, and he was very sweet and nice, and I loved his music. Yeah. So that was 1975. Two years ago, I started working with him as a manager, <laughs> and this comes, and you know, it's it's kind of a full circle. Yeah. And Livingston has been a professor at Berkeley for about 24 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, he he Teaches was one of the performance, right? He does. Yeah. And um, I remember years ago, I I I met him. Um, and he's a pilot, so he flew me out to Martha's mm-hmm. Vineyard, and we spent some time with his mother and his family's house and all that stuff. And and he was so excited about Berkeley. I said, Livingston, can I ask you a question? And he goes, you're Livingston Taylor. Why are you so excited about Berkeley College of Music? <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, because Berkeley, I'm around the most talented musicians and the most talented faculty anywhere on this planet. Wow. And um, that kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that was probably about 10 years ago, and here we are uh, working and, together at Berkeley, right. but working together as an artist and a manager. So it's it's really a thrill to uh, to partner up with Livingston. It's, That's a pretty it, big uh, cat. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's a sweet man. And I, I you know, 10 years ago when we were talking, um, I thought, if Livingston wants me to manage him, I wasn't able to do that because okay. I don't think I could add anything to the equation. I couldn't. I couldn't add value to his career. But the last ten years have been really important for me, and I've learned yeah. a lot and grown a lot. So now I I know I could add value to his career. Oh, that's fantastic! And I wouldn't work with an artist if I didn't think, ah, I could help. That's amazing. That's another great. That's another great thing to look for. Because, you know, the, the old adage is that, that usually the manager that you attract at the time is somebody who can get you to level that you're already at. And, mm, you know, yeah. getting, getting that manager who can have that attitude like you just expressed that, oh, no, I can help. I can but make the case, this more. Th- that's, that's what I feel after 25 years of doing this. But when I was starting out with Ellis, we both started out at the same time. Gotcha. And um, so I was—I didn't have experience as a manager. I had experience, you know, as a promoter and other things. And but and, and I, I could—I knew music. I, I, yeah. I knew money. I knew negotiation. You know, I was developing properties. I kind of knew about the world a yeah. little bit in business. Yeah. Um, so I had some skills, but I didn't have experience in managing. So right. 
Ellis took a chance of me as an inexperienced manager to, to guide his career. Mm-hmm. And I took my chance with him to grow his career. Yeah. And, uh, but I'll tell you, there weren't too many days where I wasn't petrified <laughs> that I was going to get a phone call from Ellis Paul saying, hey, Ralph, guess what? Right. There's a guy named Irving Azoff that wants to manage me. <laughs> right. I right. love you, kid, but we're moving on. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, that, that fear sure. made me want to do a lot of things that made me want to grow and be the best manager I could do. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> um, I'm kind of short for time, but yeah, I, I, I want to tell one little story. Oh, I love that it. When I was starting out, I was managing Ellis Paul. He was on uh, my label and then Rounder Records. I managed Marty Sexton, and he was doing good things. And then I started working with the Push Stars. Push Stars, yep. And, Chris and they were they were on... Um, they were getting signed to Capitol Records, but mm-hmm. they had, at the time, 16 major labels interested in them. There was a lot of buzz. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm getting over my head now because I'm actually going to California, not for sunshine, but for meetings. Wow. And I thought, I, I, I don't know this world. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I did what I, what I tell my students to do. You have to be fearless, and you have to allow yourself to be foolish. Nice. <laughs> so, like, you got to be fearless and foolish. So, I, that, I said, I, I need help. So, I, I went to the biggest manager I know. I didn't know, but he managed Aerosmith for 16 years, a guy named Tim Collins. Yeah. So, it was Collins Management. I call up Collins Management. I says, hi, I'm Ralph Jacketine. I would love to meet with Tim, and um, I'm a manager, and blah, blah, blah. And um, and then a couple days later, I get a call. Tim Tim would like to meet you. Uh, or Tim will agree to meet you, um, you know, um, and I said, great. And I, I think it was like May when I called, and they say, okay, Tim has Tuesday, July 17th from 10.30 to 11 available. Wow. <laughs> and I go, okay, I'll take I'll that take it. I'll take it, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a little time to think about this meeting. So I, I, I went to his office, and I, I, I you know, I uh, gave him my business card and the CDs and and shook his hand and and I and it was a beautiful meeting. I just wanted to touch his garment, you know. I just you, wanted yeah, to be I, in the same yes. room as a person. Maybe something would rub who, off. Yeah, who managed Aerosmith? Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. And and it's, it, Tim was the first real manager I've ever met. So the meeting was fine. It was great. I shook his hand. I left. <laughs> and then the next day, I get a call, and it was uh, hold for Tim Collins. So Tim gets on the phone, and he goes, hey, Ralph, uh, this is Tim. I have a question. Do you know anything about a club called the Iron Horse? Oh, my God. Just so happens. And I said, yeah, Tim, I I know everything about the Iron Horse. So I downloaded all my information about the Iron Horse, Mm -hmm. who owns the club, what the green room's like, what telephone poles to put posters on, (laughs) what radio stations to talk. So I I gave him all this information. And then um, he says, thank you, and we got off the phone. And I hung up the phone. I go, oh, my God. I just helped Tim Collins. Wow. And so I called him back, and I got him on the phone. I said, hey, Tim, uh, this is Ralph. I I I just helped you. And he goes, yeah. And uh, (laughs) and then... uh, and then I said, but, and I, I'm sure you could help me. And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, why don't we get a bunch of managers together and we can help each other out? And he goes, I'd love to. Oh, my God. So that was 25, yeah. 24 years ago. And we started something called the Boston Managers Group. 
That's when that where started. Okay. Tim says, "Call Bert Holman. He manages the Almond Brothers. Call Dalton Sim. He manages Guster. Call Mark Cates. He manages." So wow. Tim gave me all the list. I called him up, and we started this group of managers. Wow. So we've been doing this for 25 years. We just had our 25th anniversary. I'm having the meetings at Berkeley, and Perfect. we have 115 people on our email list. Oh, wow. Wow. But I needed to do that because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And I was afraid yeah. that my artist would grow faster and higher than me, and I didn't want that to happen. I wanted us to kind of... And mm. Ellis and I did that. We kind of yeah. grew at the same time. Yeah. So... I needed help, <laughs> and um, and well, Tim. I, you know, last year he came to Berkeley for our 25th anniversary meeting, and I said, I, I said, why did you, why did you do this group with me? I had no idea what I was doing, and he was talking about the concept of a beginner's mind, and it's a Buddhist thing. Yeah. So if you're an expert, you have very limited possibilities of this. Okay. If somebody asks me how to release a record, I say, I know exactly how to release a record. I've been doing this for years. Right. I'm an expert. And I would give them a little box of suggestions. Right. But if I go to one of my students at Berkeley, which I did the other day, the guy in a punk rock band, I said, how are you releasing your record? And he goes, well, it's very simple. We, we, we found a place where to buy fanny packs for a buck. So we bought 100 fanny packs. And then we went to eBay and we have uh, old Walkman. So we could buy a Walkman for a couple of bucks, and then our, our record's just coming out in cassette. So we're putting the cassette in the Walkman, oh, and we're putting it in the fanny God. pack, <laughs> and then we're putting gum and, uh, and chocolate and condoms in the fanny pack, and we're selling them for 20 bucks. Because they're brilliant, because that's And genius. I said, that's, you know, the expert in me says, that's crazy, that will never work. Uh, that that's not how you do it. But the teacher in me said, that's genius. Yeah. <laughs> that's genius. And I've, I've told, I've told a hundred people that story Yeah, because that's how a beginner thinks. Yeah. That's so fantastic. Tim Collins, the manager of Aerosmith for 16 years, wanted to be around a beginner with his tail wagon, with all this enthusiasm and all this passion. Right. And I wanted to be around an expert. So there's a dynamic there. That's really an important one. Yeah. Talk yeah. about give and take. That's, yeah. Wow, that's terrific. I, I love that. Phenomenal. Story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking taking your time with us today. We, well, we just fun, can't appreciate you know, it enough. I, I, I love what I do. And um, and now that I'm I'm doing more teaching than anything, it's like I, I love the fact that I've made so many mistakes and done so many stupid <laughs> things. And I could learn from it. I did learn from it. And now I could teach from that, from that Petri dish of... of you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of successes yeah. and failures. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much again for taking the time to do Thank this. Thank you so and much. Just, Ralph Jagger. You know, everybody. Yeah. Manager extraordinary. I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. You bet. You know, and uh, keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ralph. Okay. All right, guys. Okay. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. That was terrific. Okay. That's, <laughs> that was so cool. That was so cool. <laughs> I, so I got to tell you, this is the thing that, that, that stays with me just that I'm just coursing through my veins about is how excited he still is about what he does about what he does and and it, you know and, this this is not music industry specific this is like life specific right. this is people you want to be around versus people you don't want to be around <laughs> people who are 
who are that, 25 years into their you know chosen career, right? And that excited about and they're, what they're still doing. excited about a student who comes up with a new way of marketing exactly a release exactly I mean, that's the kind of guy that's that you know that he's doing what he needs to do and you know I would just I would add on to what you just said about it's a it's a life thing you know it is a life thing and but there are other there are other industries where where you can switch where you can change where you get a promotion where you you know you're you know you're working for the weekend you're doing but here's the thing this arts community that yeah. we're talking to yeah you got to feel the way Jack does yeah, to keep going. Well, to yeah. To get through all of the different things that, that he was just talking about. To keep going, to be successful, to be happy, to be valuable, to be... I mean, I love how he kept talking, the, the, where he talked about if Livingston had asked him to manage him 10 years right. earlier, he'd have said no, because he couldn't add value. Well, that, that is such a self-reflective amazing. and brilliant way to approach what you're doing. Well, it's a great, it's a great example of cutting to the quick about, about where he is and why he's so successful. Right. That he isn't, uh, you know, somebody in the industry, uh, who will just go look at the numbers of, Hey, he's playing 80 shows a year. I'd like to get in on that. Right. You know, right. right? And, and I think that, you know, we've talked about this before and had it confirmed from a few other people that we've talked to, you know, that the industry is changing in a way where it doesn't, it no longer tolerates as much of that. And that so it's people like Ralph right. who look and go, you know what? I really, I, I don't have much value add right, to right. Livingston Taylor's career right now. But then five years later says, you know what? I really do now. Right. I really know. Exactly. You know, so I, you know, I love that. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more about that. I, um, and I, it, it, it speaks to a, a kind of, self-reflectiveness that's a good thing for an artist to understand right. you, you want to be that self-reflective as an artist what am i bringing to the table what am i what's my value what's add? my value add right and and not in ralph never was talking about not thinking he was good enough to do it it's just, oh, no. it, it, it was more like, yeah. about now nah, i don't i don't see what I, I love this artist i don't see what i would bring to the table here right so as an artist you can approach it in the same way where well, you you go you know what this is what I do. This is who I am as an artist, and and what do I bring to the table? Well, I love that because that that was one of my favorite parts of of this interview was when we when I did finally ask him. Um, so, how would one attract a manager of your right. ilk? <laughs> right, right, um, exactly, exactly. In a very awkward way, I asked him that question. Just as I usually do know. when it's a manager, because they uh, don't want to say right you now, right. Uh, and I love again. I love that it, because it's it, it's Ralph. He started with songs, right? That absolutely, you know, um, which is you know crucial. And we talk about that all the time. Absolutely. But that the other thing that he that he talked about was, you know, is this an artist who is already drawing? Do they have a buzz? What's their stage presence? How do they? What's their image? How are they as a? How branded are they? Right. Already. Right. And this is something that, you know, that you and I harp on a lot, a lot. on the website, on Mentoring yeah. for the Modern Musician website, in the videos, is talking about, you know, authenticity means yeah. that you have already considered it, that you're already solid. Yeah. That, you know, that you do, so that you've got the songs, you know, you do have the look, you are mm -hmm. creating a buzz, even mm -hmm. if it's not, you know, I mean, it could be a regional buzz, it could be a, you know... That you are setting yourself up in a way that you can attract a manager of 
Ralph Jackadine's ilk, you know, right. whether it's the Ralph Jackadine of 25 years ago, right, or right. five years ago or 10 years ago, right, right. but that you are attracting somebody that can help you in a corner. And I love that his answer to that was that, you know, you're looking for somebody who's doing it. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, who's who's not waiting for it to be done, but who's who's actually... Well, and who's already doing it on their own. And it's funny that we've, we've been hearing this throughout yeah. the industry with lots of yeah. our friends, friends in publishing and friends in booking and, yeah. and where... That's what you need to be able to show as an artist is that you're already doing this. Right. You want it, You want the people that, that want to join onto your team to know that you would be doing this whether they were helping you or not. Exactly. You're still going to, you're, you're, because if you're already at that point, they know that you're not going to stop. Right. Right. Once, you know, they want to make sure if they're investing in you that you're invested in you as, at least as much as they are. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So just, uh, you know, a couple other things that I love that he talked about was those, and the thing that blew me away was this uh, this idea that these relationships in music aren't meant to last right you know that you know his seals manager saying to him you know well look you know if you're in the music industry i mean you're gonna you gotta know you're gonna get fired uh, that that was <laughs> totally again, unexpected mind-blowing mind-blowing my michael said my michael said just exploded <laughs> but but i had never heard Anybody put it in the that industry, succinctly. Put it that succinctly. Like they yeah. talk around it and yeah. say, "Well, you got to make sure your little bit of people grow and they go in different directions." That you will be fired. But that and and what a what a brilliant way to approach it then, because if you're thinking that way, then you're living for the moment, right? And you're going, "All right, well, this is where I am now. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna experience it. I'm gonna do everything I can. I'm put in my best work." And understand that at some point there's going to be a stopping point. Right. Well, and it also informs it. It 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 makes a young manager Ooh. concerned about being in over his head trying to sign an artist that's got 16 labels interested in them to have the guts to call up Aerosmith's manager and say help and say, uh, hey, so I want to meet with you and because they know that they're. These relationships don't right, last. Right, and right, right. I don't want to get fired because right. I don't know. I, it was, you know, I mean, he did talk about that. That was a great, you know, that you're, uh, you know, you're fearless and foolish, right? Right, But right. that, you know, but that you're also fierce yeah. in making sure that do you you're doing. Do you think, we're going to have to ask Ralph later if he, if he did the alliteration on, pers- on purpose. I don't know. I just added fierce because. Fearless. Foolish. Fearless and foolish. I added fierce, fierce because of the alliteration because oh, okay. that's the songwriter in me. Okay, there you go. That wants to make sure that you've got you three make, F something. There we go. That's a class. Maybe <laughs> they should do it. It's the three F's, man. You got to be fearless, exactly. Foolish and fierce. You know, and the fearlessness is the is is you know the manager that's willing to call somebody to ask for help who who might know you know an expert yeah. who might know a little bit better. And I just and you foolish know. is thinking that they would take their call. Right. Because exactly. you have to, right? But, no, but, absolutely. But, you know, that was a brilliant thing to be able to do early on in his career. Yeah, I mean, oh, for sure. So, yeah, for sure. So yeah. I, and I love hearing that kind of story from somebody whose experience has proved their worth. Oh, yeah. Like, totally. Like Ralph, you know yeah, what I mean? Uh, yeah, but, but absolutely. That, that, that's the same guy. Right. It's just 25 years earlier. Right. Thinking outside the box. Absolutely. Well, and, and just to, just one more piece that I don't want to forget about before. I, I, I love this idea that when he did, you know, they decided to start this record label with Mike Reese from, from uh, Newberry Comics, that going into Cher, that 
his artist, Ellis Paul, had just won a national acoustic competition. Right, right. And was going to give the $500 that he won to the label. And that Mike was like, look, I, yeah, cool. Nobody cares, man. <laughs> and, and, and that that was such a gut punch. Yes. And it just spun, you know. Right, but what is but the what, perception that, that Ralph had about this, you know, he mentioned a couple of different times about the, you know, the tail wagging excitement. Right, you know, right. That, that a young manager, young artist, young has, that that was sort of like, you beat your puppy. Right, you know? right. <laughs> but but what, look at look at looking back. If we're doing a movie on this, right? right. What what does that person who's going to be successful do? Do they cry and feel horrible about themselves and just stay with it, or do they go, all right, what am I going to do? Right. So and this is this huge moment for him where he finds out what his job, what his job is as a manager, as a manager. is to make people, people care. care. There you go. I I I don't know that you could put it. That's if you're a man, if you're a young manager out there listening to this, put that on your business card. I make, I make people, people care. care. That's, that's that's it. I mean, that's that's the whole game right there. Yeah. Right. So it's the game as the artist. It's the game as the as the manager. As the, absolutely, you know, the publisher, the label, the, yes. the publicist. That yeah. Right. Yeah. Make people care. Make people care. And again, if it's an artist, uh, um, I know you're always looking to see why does this matter to you and how is this going to help you. And part of understanding about the industry, learning how the industry is changing is listening to brilliant people like Ralph speak about what they've done, what's happened, what works, what doesn't. Right. And then apply that to your own specific part of the industry. If you're a songwriter, if you're a band, if you're, you know, if you're a drummer, whatever. Producer. You're a producer. You're, yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's it. Listening to those experts. And we're going to keep trying to bring them to you. Absolutely. Because remember, you got this. We got you back. 